Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Um, Let's pray together. There's just such a sweet presence of the Spirit of Jesus in this place, and I just love it. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our time together today. We consecrate ourselves to you on this first day of the new year, and we say, have your way in this place. God, I just ask you that you would continue to speak to us, continue to open our eyes and our ears so that we hear your voice. Jesus, we love you so much. We're so thankful for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, 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 amen. Um, I'm only going to talk for a few minutes today. We are having what we call a family Sunday where, you know, everybody's up here together. We don't have any kids in the kids' church, so I'm aware that there's kids in the room that are going to be tired of hearing me talk after a few minutes. So um, I want to share with you just a few minutes, and then we're going to take communion together. And then we're going to light our candles and sing a couple more songs. And when I say light our candles, I mean flip a switch and turn them on. Um, So if everybody, does everybody have their communion? If you want to take communion, do you have your communion elements? They were passing them out at the door. If you don't have them, you may want to grab them in the next couple minutes. But I do want you to listen to what I'm going to be saying. So if you go grab communion stuff, keep your ears open and listen as we talk. Um... I don't know about you, but I've just been so aware of the presence of Jesus in the house this morning. And I could not quit crying during worship for some reason. We're singing Christmas carols. I don't know why, but I think it's just the focus and the attention on the Lord and remembering who he is and what he's done for us. And if that means I cry about Jesus, I will cry about Jesus in front of you every day of the week. So... I want to talk for just a few minutes about plans. I want to talk about plans. Today's January 1st. And how many of you here made New Year's resolutions? (laughs) Okay. I saw one person raise their hand. Uh, Well, besides this room, I mean, I didn't make any New Year's resolutions really. But besides this room, apparently a lot of people in the world make New Year's resolutions. And I looked at some statistics about New Year's resolutions. And, and uh, resolution comes from the word resolute. And resolute means something that you are set on. It's concrete. It's firm. And a resolution is really something that you have resolved to be resolute about and it's called a resolution whereas I made a decision to do this and I am resolving that in my life this will be something that I am firm and set and concrete about in my life that I'm going to do and so when I looked at statistics statistically around the world somebody took some time to find the answer to these questions and went around and polled people. And they found this, that less than 9% of people who make resolutions at the end of the year have still kept their New Year's resolutions. 
So obviously they're more like New Year's suggestions or New Year's like, this is a good idea. I might try it out for a while. And here's what they also found out, that most people who make New Year's resolutions, so, so less than 9% of them that do it all year long, the other 91-ish percent of those people, here's when they give up for the most part, the average, they give up those resolutions and those practices, the second Friday in January. So they make it about two weeks and say, that's enough of that nonsense. Let's get back to life as usual. Now, I was interested as well to know what, what the top things that people made resolutions about were. Do you ever wonder that? Like, do you ever wonder, like, I mean, I know nobody in here except for one person made a resolution. But for the rest of us, do you ever wonder what people make resolutions about? I did, so I looked it up. And there's also, this is the global average around the world. Here is the top 14 things that people make resolutions about. Okay, you ready for this? The number one thing around the world that people make a New Year's resolution about is losing weight. <laughs> Oddly enough, another one is gaining weight. <laughs> so losing weight, gaining weight. Uh, people make a resolution to eat differently. They decide that they're going to start working out. Does anybody here go to the gym? January is a terrible time. If you go to the gym, January is a terrible time for the normal gym goers because everybody makes New Year's resolutions, and then you show up at the gym, and there's all these people taking all the equipment that you know are going to be done by the second Friday anyways. So... People just make a resolution to start working out. They decide, now this one is personally like a dagger in my heart, but the, actually number four on the list, and I don't even, this is weird to me, but people make a resolution to change their hair. <laughs> I'm going to change my hair this year. I cannot, I can't join this resolution in any way. Maybe I should grow mine out. It'd be weird and grow. I could have like a Steven Seagal ponytail. That's about it. Uh, people resolve to sleep better. People say they're going to start meditating. They want to improve their mental well-being. People say they're going to begin fasting. They're going to start practicing yoga. They want to, here's the gain weight one. They want to quit smoking. They want to start a morning routine where they say, in the morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do these certain things and it's going to become part of my life. And then they say, I'm going to take vitamins. And this is a weird one to me, but the last one, the global average, the last one was people said they want to take better care of their skin. I don't even know what that means, but I am a dude, so I'm sure all the women will come up after the service and correct me, Jacob, you need to take better care of your skin, and I have some creams and lotions you can buy for only $49.95 a month. So these are, people make New Year's resolutions, these are people's plans, and people tend to, apparently, by the second Friday of this year, two weeks later, they will stop their New Year resolutions for the most part. And I want you to open your Bibles with me, and we're going to go look at John chapter 1, where Chad so wonderfully read to us already this morning. And we're going to take a few minutes and look at this together. John chapter 1. And we're going to talk about plans. And I want to tell you today that, that God has a plan. And, I mean, Jeremiah 29 11 says that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. The Lord makes plans. The Lord has a plan. Uh, and, you know, John chapter 1, I'm sorry, I'm not even there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mm -hmm. Hang on, here we go. 
starts off, John chapter 1, verse 1, I'm reading in the New Living Translation, and it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The Amplified Version says it this way in verse 5. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and it is unreceptive to it. I got goosebumps reading that. For real. I have no hair. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I have no hair, and when I get goosebumps, my head tightens up. And I feel goosebumps over my, over my arms and my back, but I feel it on my head as well. And I got goosebumps when I read that. Because this is who God is. You know, God had a plan. In the beginning was the word. And, you know, if you know your Bible, if you know this Bible at all, and you take a step back and look at this, this is a story. This is a picture of a large plan. It starts in the beginning where the creator was creating. And then sin entered the world. And then the Lord found a man named Noah and continued his plan. And then through Noah, we see that God comes to Abram. And he says, I'm going to make you a great nation because I've got a plan not to leave my people in sin. And so we see that through Abram, his family grows and grows through, it, through, through Jacob, through Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob has all these kids, and they move to Egypt because there's a drought and there's, a, there's famine in the land. And so Joseph, who was sold into slavery, is in Egypt. This is a great story. You all know it. And, and he's there, and he's, he's making things happen, and he's got provision. He's got food in Israel. J Jacob, who is Israel. The Lord changed his name. Jacob says, let's go to, let's go to Egypt, and Jacob's going to take care of us through that whole story, at the very end of the story, and they move to Israel, and the children of Israel begin to grow, and they begin to grow, and they begin to grow until there's so many of them, and then the Egyptians begin to oppress the Israelites, but God has a plan, and he brings Moses along to rescue the people out of Egypt. And he brings them into the wilderness. And he says, I'm going to set you free. And I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Because I've got a plan. And I care for you. And I think about you. And my thoughts are towards you. And so he brings them to the wilderness. And they eventually, through all their griping and all their hardships and all their disobeying, they eventually make it into the promised land. And then they have Joshua leading them, and then Joshua dies, and then the children of Israel need somebody to, to govern them and to show them the way. And then we move to the book of the Judges, where the judges rise up and begin to govern and lead the children of Israel, and that lasts for so long. And then, then the Lord brings kings along to rule them and to reign over them and to lead them in the ways of God. And all the while, all through this, the Lord is prophesying, saying one day there's going to be a Messiah, there's going to be an anointed one who's going to come and rescue you and set you free once and for all. And then we move to the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and we see that the Messiah comes. The Lord has a plan. He's thinking about you all the time. He's got his mind turned towards you. And in the beginning, 
Jesus was there. You know, the enemy also has a plan. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. God's got a plan for your salvation, for your rescue, for your freedom. Didn't you love that video? Talking about the name of Jesus and who he is. But the enemy's got a plan to take you out. To stop you in your tracks. So the Lord's got a plan. The enemy's got a plan. But here's what I find about a lot of believers. See, we're moving in to a time of prayer and fasting. Starting next Monday, not tomorrow, but we're moving into our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I find that a lot of believers are reactive in their relationship with Jesus instead of being proactive. We're reactionary. We let, we let life set the tone for us. We let circumstances set the tone for our relationship with the Lord. We let family members set the tone for our relationship with Jesus. Instead of being proactive. And so what I want to ask you today is what is your plan? And does your plan align with the Lord's plan for your life? Do you have a plan? Do you sit down and say, these are the things in my life that I know God wants to do. He wants to work inside of me. He wants to work through me. That God wants to accomplish inside of me. These are the things in my life that I know need to be broken off. These are the chains that are slowing me down, that are holding me back, that are weighing me down. Do you know what those things are? And are you taking them to the Lord to align your life with his? Am I alone in this room? God's got a plan for you, and his plan for you involves your freedom. He sent Jesus through all these pages, through all these years. His plan was to get Jesus here to give you freedom once and for all. And as we move into our fast next week, my question is to you. What is it you desire to see God do in your life? What is your plan? What are you going to fast? What are you saying, in my life, I need this removed. I need God to do this in my life, in my circumstances. Don't just be reactionary. Don't ask all of your friends, hey, what are you? Are you doing the fast? Oh, you are? Okay, I guess I'll do it too. Then um, what also are you fasting? Oh, you're fasting Instagram. Cool, maybe I'll fast that too. I want to encourage you today in your relationship with the Lord. To be proactive. I want to encourage you in this next week to take this next week and begin to ask the Lord. Begin to think about your life. Begin to think about your circumstances. Begin to think about what it is you want to see accomplished. Begin to think about those things in your life that you know are holding you down and that you know are holding you back and say, you know what, once and for all, I want to be free of these things. I want to walk in the freedom and the salvation that Jesus bought for me on the cross. That's how I feel right now, too. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 19, we don't have the scripture, but Proverbs chapter 19 says, 
without a vision, people cast off restraint. It talks about if you don't have a vision, if you dive into that verse, what it's really talking about is if you don't have a vision, you will die. Because you're not going anywhere. You're just floating around on the sea of life, bobbing along, and the waves are directing your path. But the Lord wants you to get into his will. To find out what his plan and his purpose for your life is. Listen, every person in this room, every single person, every person that you know, when you leave this place and you go home and you hang out with whoever you hang out with and you do whatever it is you do in your life, every person you encounter, those people, God has a plan for their life. And so as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, it is of paramount importance that we move ourselves back over closer to the Lord and say, what is your plan? What is your purpose for my life? What do you want to see accomplished in me? Can we look at one more scripture together? No? Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Habakkuk. Some people like to say Habakkuk, that's right. Well, I say Habakkuk. Yeah, pecan, pecan. But it's pecan. It's pecan. It's not a can of pea. It's pecan. Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk is talking to the Lord, and if you read chapter 1, they're having a conversation, and the Lord answers them, and then Habakkuk asks another, cha- another question in, at the end of chapter 1. And verse 1 of chapter 2 starts off, and Habakkuk is saying, I'm going to climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. You know, the Lord is okay with your complaints as long as you give him a chance to answer. The Lord is okay with you going and talking to him and saying, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why this is happening. I don't get it. I'm unsure about it. I don't like it. As long as you stay put long enough to hear his reply and hear his answer. And this is the Lord's answer to Habakkuk in verse 2. He says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. Nobody likes that word. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. In the New King James, it says it this way. Then the Lord answered me and he said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. The word of God does not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Listen, I want to tell you today, God's got a plan for your life. 
The enemy has a plan for your life. He wants to stop you dead in your tracks. He wants to lie to you. He wants to steal from you. And he wants to destroy things in you. Jesus came so that you could have life and life abundantly, that verse goes on and says. As we move towards our fast, I believe, you know, during prayer this morning, uh, Pastor Jenny, I think, was praying and said that if you would surrender to the Lord, that 2023, and if you would give 2023 to the Lord, just watch and see what he would do in your life. And, and I want to tell you right here and right now that as a church, we will surrender our hearts to the Lord. We will surrender our desires to the Lord. We will surrender our plans to the Lord. Proverbs says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. We are moving into a season where we are going to come low and be humble to the Lord and say, not my will, but yours be done. This will be our posture in 2023. And if you don't like that, talk to the Lord about it. And see what he has to say. I want to encourage you over this next week. Listen, we're starting our fast. And I'll talk probably more about this next Sunday in greater detail. But... We've got a devotional. You can go online to our website, hopecitychurch.ca. And there's a pop-up that pops up right away where you can sign up and join. It's on version. You can join along in the daily devotional. We'll have the paper one for you next week as well. If you don't want to use an app, we'll have that for you. But as you prepare yourself, I want you, I'm asking you, I am asking you, in this next week, take some time. Pull yourself away from life and say, God, what do you want to do this year? What do you want to do in me this year? What do you want to do through me this year? And even begin to write down some things that you want to see removed from your life. Some baggage that you've been hanging on to. Some hurts and some wounds. Some things that you know that need to be pulled out of you so that you can walk fuller into the goodness and the grace of our Lord. And then what you do is you write those things down. You know, I was telling um, Jen last night, she talked about this during prayer as well. We always go out for dinner on New Year's Eve and talk about the upcoming year, about what God is saying to us about the upcoming year. And I just happened, before we went to dinner last night, I happened to find my notes from the beginning of last year about things that I was believing God for. And some of those things had come to pass. Some of those things were things that I was like, God, I believe you want to do this in our church in the, in the coming year. And as, as I was looking at them, there were things that I had forgotten about that the Lord had said that I had written down. And there were dreams and desires in my heart that I just forgot about. And if I hadn't have written them down, I wouldn't remember that me and the Lord had a conversation about them. So what I'm saying to you is over this next week, take some time and begin to write down for yourself things that you are desiring to see God do in your life. Seeing God do in your marriages, in your relationships, in your job, in your finances, in your body. What you're desiring to see God do, begin to write it down so like it says here in Habakkuk, so that he who reads it can run. You got to have a road sign to look at to keep you moving in the right direction. 
if you've got no road signs, if you've got no destination, if you've got nowhere you're looking to go, you just end up running around in circles. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my time running around in circles like a chicken with my head cut off. Anybody else want to do that? Seems a little frivolous and time-wasting. Go back with me to John chapter 1, and we're going to get ready to take communion together. John chapter 1. The plan of Jesus, the plan of God, the plan for you. I just love verse 5. I just love it. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amplified. I love how it says the darkness didn't understand it or overpower it or appropriate it. Do you know what the word appropriate means? The word appropriate means to take something and make it your own. So the darkness couldn't take the light and make it its own. It couldn't appropriate it and say, you know what? This is mine. I'm going to take it because Jesus is too strong for the enemy. The darkness could not absorb it, and it's unreceptive to it. This is the work. This is the plan of the Lord for you and for me, to live a life where the darkness cannot overcome you because you have the life, you have the light of Jesus on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of me and on the inside of you. If you have been part of, if you have given your life to Jesus and you are part of the kingdom of God, then that same spirit that has raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 and let's take communion together. Remembering the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. Normally we would take communion at first Wednesday, which is this Wednesday night, by the way. And normally it's when we would take communion together. But I felt like being all together at the first day of the year, it was fitting time for us as we talk about the plan of Jesus, that we also remember the work of Jesus on the cross. That we also take a moment to thank him for laying his life down, for shedding his blood, willingly making a way that without him, we would be without. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Apostle Paul was talking, and he says in verse 23, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. And on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it. 
Do you ever stop and just imagine what this must have been like for Jesus in the moment? Knowing what he was about to endure on the cross. And so he says, guys, I want to paint a picture for you about what I'm about to do for you. And he takes some bread and he rips it apart. And he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he takes some wine. He says, this is my blood that is spilled for you. It's a new covenant once and for all. Can you imagine what that must have been like for Jesus in that moment, sitting at a table about to go through that physical horror and pain? And he says, let me show you something. Do you have your little wafer open? It's a reminder, it's a symbol for us. And Father, today in this place, we remember your body that was broken for us. That you willingly walked to the cross, that you carried that cross on your back. That you were beaten and bruised. And we remember that by your stripes, we were healed. And we speak healing and life into our bodies in the name of Jesus because of your work. And we are so thankful for your body. It was broken and bruised and battered for us. Jesus, we remember your work. We remember your plan for us. We don't take it lightly. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take this wafer. This, uh, this juice is a symbol of his blood that was shed. And in verse 25, he says, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this as often as you remember me or do this to remember me as often as you drink it Jesus we remember your blood that was shed for us your blood that cleanses us that washes us white as snow Father, so that we could boldly come into his presence once and for all. God, we're so thankful for your plan that you had for us to save us, to redeem us, to set us free, to walk in the freedom that you have for us. No more chains, no more guilt, no more shame, no weight from the world do we have to carry anymore. 
because we can boldly come into your presence and ask you for forgiveness. And because of this blood, when we ask you for forgiveness, we are clean and washed white as snow. Jesus, we're so thankful for it. We take this juice and we remember you. In Jesus' name, let's take the juice. in honor of Jesus who was the light of the world who is the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness can never overcome it we're going to light our candles yeah we are come on worship team let's come up so I want you to go ahead and turn your little candle on I wanted to turn mine on when we were singing this little light of mine. Can we get the lights off, please? Thank you, Jaden. This is a representation. And I, I truly love this because this shows how well that the darkness cannot overcome the light. And as we all have our little candles on, you see the room light up. And that's the way the Lord works. No matter how small this light would be, the darkness is always dispelled because of it. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. We thank you that your light dispels all darkness. And through you, we have freedom we have wholeness, and we have life. Jesus, we love you so much. We're so thankful for all you are and all you continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.